0: Testing, testing, always testing, testing, testing. This podcast is episode number 222, and it will be about uniquely highly profitable contractors target high-profit, enjoyable clients. You see, every construction contractor has clients who want to help. Now, part of the reason they want to help is be sure that the project is moving and things are being done. Other times the goal is they they really wanna save some money if possible, okay, and I can respect that. In many cases, the most helpful thing your client can do on a project is keep the area clean, the pets under control, and the children out of the way. Now anything other than that, and you, the contractor, could be at risk of losing everything you own or ever will own if your client or customer or a family member or one of their friends is injured while working on your construction project even though it was their house home or business part of the reason is contractors have a certain fiduciary duty you know what's going on and if someone's working on a project then and they get hurt then guess what Um, the government is not necessarily there to help you they will classify that person, in a lot of cases, as an employee. Is it right? No. There is a Hall of Justice, but there is no Hall of Fairness. So, don't take my word for it. I'm not an attorney. I don't know the first thing about being an attorney, but you can always check with your legal counsel and verify what I'm saying. I know a lot of contractors have learned this the hard way. Now, to go one step further, there is a reason why most automobile repair shops have a sign that says something to the effect of customers not allowed in work area due to insurance regulations well it's not much insurance regulations that could be part of the problem it's also the fact that they don't want to run a risk and that's why i suggest to all my clients be wise to have signs professionally made saying something that same effect customers are not allowed in the work area due to insurance regulations and use one on every construction site, and it would behoove you, go ahead and snap a picture of that, and put it in your file, that way you've got it. Then use your yellow caution tape and that sort of thing, and keep people out of the, the work area. Um, it's safer for them physically, and it's a lot safer for you and your assets. I hope that uh, synced in and made some sense. So let's go further, we all know this sort of thing, each type of construction has its own challenges, but the overarching answer is to always give your clients what they want, not what you want. And this is where we're gonna start delving into the the topic of this podcast. Why is it some contractors struggle and other people just seem to, everything they touch contractors just turns to gold? They, They make money hand over fist. Um, they got to take their deposits to the bank in a wheelbarrow. It's insane. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt tattoo, and sung a song about it. We did fairly well in our construction companies. First off, I want you to consider this word picture. Wake up to an overflowing river of cash flow and profits beyond anything you've seen in the, in the past. Or, I mean, this is a loving heart. I love contractors sure my wife does too we all—we both love contractors can't say that enough okay so let's get that clear because part of what this podcast is going to be could be considered a little rough around the edges and I apologize to that okay so wake up to an overflowing river of cash flow and profits beyond anything you've seen in the past or continue sleeping on the hard stone mattress of regret under the cold blanket of lost opportunity by refusing to change old, tired, worn-out, wealth-limiting habits that are keeping you from doing your best. See, it's pretty simple. I'll give you a quick randalism. Success is a few simple disciplines repeated every day. Failure is a few simple errors repeated every day. It's not the big things. It's it's not the big uh, Gashing holes that sink the big ship. It's the little leaks. That's what sinks a lot of businesses. So, the next phrase I want to work with you on, and this is a bit of um, helping, ho- hopefully, you can adjust some of your thought patterns. I don't know why it is, but I know that it exists. There's kind of a law of the universe. It says you can be right or rich. Pick one nobody is both. Everybody picks one or the other to a degree because nobody can do both for very long. You either pick one on purpose or you pick the other one by default. The more important it is for you to be right, the less important it will be for you to be rich and the reverse is true. Now I have had the opportunity over the years um four decades going on five decades to ask thousands of homeowners, and commercial property owners, and landlords, and commercial space tenants, even a few car buyers, some computer buyers, ship buyers, consumers about their overall buying experiences. And one common thread shows up every time in the fabric of success. They got what they wanted and were happy to repeat customers and clients who refer their friends and family or they didn't get what they want and made the contractor's life a living hell. Okay, let me just kind of cover this. i gonna got a quick example. I know of a client, um, nice lady, and she has a large kitchen. It's, it's so big, it's almost in two zip codes. It's pretty big. It's got a couple of sinks and it's got cabinets like you wouldn't believe and every modern appliance you can think of, okay? She had the kitchen remodeled, and she told the electrical contractor, I want these specific lights. She went to a lighting store, and she found some lights, and they're can lights that go in the ceiling, and I I guess they put out enough light to almost, um, not quite, but darn near, uh, give the sun a run for its money. Well, the the electrical contractor decided she didn't need that. The electrical contractor, he decided, all she needed was the, the same cheap can lights that he puts in everybody else's place. It wasn't until the day came that she had her bulbs and she's gonna get ready to screw them into the fixture and they wouldn't fit. She got on the phone, called the contractor up and says, Hey my bulbs don't fit. And he said, Well, yeah, lady, you know, you wanted those those can lights and you were like three times more expensive and it just didn't make sense and it put out too much light and you have what 20 or whatever candlelights in your kitchen, anyway, so you didn't need that. Well, I'll cut to the chase. This lady has substantial resources, and she made that contract as life of living hell. And you better believe he probably still has the psychological scars today. If there's ever anything He'll know the next time if somebody wants outrageous lights, he's just gonna put them in. And what's even funnier is that particular job was cost plus. He didn't bid it. Everything that was done that little remodel was cost plus because she kept changing her mind. She said, I don't care what it costs. I want what I want. The electrician, on the other hand, decided to give her what he thought she should have. Okay, that one thought right there. If that will soak into you guys and girls listening to this podcast, that is the one thing that we lived by in all of our construction companies, so we'd ask people, "What do you want?" And we've had—I give you another quick example. When we were doing construction, remodel a bunch of houses, and one particular still room sticks up in my mind. The lady, one room, she wanted painted like electric purple or something. Another room was like flaming orange, and another room was like you know fluorescent green. Just a real neat person, but she had some what I would consider unusual taste. In her paint colors, you know what? We painted each room exactly the way she wanted. I never argued with her, and she just loved it. Okay, and we got lots of examples of that of just give people what they want, and as long as it fits within my core belief, it's legal, it's moral, and it's non-fattening. Well, if you see me, I'm not. I'm a little bit flexible on the non-fattening part. I do like my uh, sweets. But I will not budge on anything that's, unless it's legal and moral. And if they want some unusual colors, fine. And we've had some other uh, people that had some some unusual requests in remodels. But you know what? It's their house. I gave them exactly what they wanted. No questions asked, and we got a lot of referrals. Okay, enough said on that. Next thing I want to talk to you about is, if you don't have one, develop a sales script book. I have one from construction, it's got hundreds of questions that are constantly and continually honed, polished, updated, and replaced. And I picked and chose the answers to use in my script book depending on the situation. And the one answer I used quite a bit was, yes. Hey Randall, can I have, yes. Hey Randall, can you do, it? yes. Hey Randall, can we get, yes. And I picked it up, oddly enough, from a little neighborhood store Guy was running it in the, the 50s and 60s in an area in Seattle called Queen Anne neighborhood, and it was a little grocery store. And this guy was his name was Morris. He's just a real sweetheart. Morris understood marketing, and at the time he was in his 60s as well. I'd go in and say, "Hey, Morris, I, I, do you have any fresh bananas?" "Yes, we have no bananas, but I have some coming in tomorrow, or in fact, if it's really important." Why don't you come back in an hour or so? I think I may be able to find a fresh bunch. Okay, everything you always ask Morris. yes, we have no pickles. Yes, we have no bananas. Yes, we, okay, if I wanted bananas, I didn't know any better. I said, well, yeah, I'll come back in an hour. Hey, no problem. As soon as I walked out the door, he'd get one of his clerks to go to the competing store, the Safeway or the Albertsons or whatever's close by, buy a small bunch of bananas. Neither cost more, bring them back, and I'd come back in an hour, and guess what would be at the checkstand? Bananas, at his price. So, a lot of times, I know that I know it now. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. A lot of times, he probably paid a buck for for the bananas, and then fifty cents for the labor. This is back in the '60s, for somebody to go get it, and he sold it to me for eighty-five cents. Okay, shrewd businessman, shrewd. Okay, so he lost a few pennies, big deal. I bought a lot of groceries from Morris. I'd hardly ever go anywhere else because the service was so good. He always had the, the answer was always yes. He could frame it in such a way that the answer was yes. All right, sounds funny. Every time you say no, ka-ching, ka-ching, you just cost yourself some money. The two most important questions to find that high-profit customer. Number one, what's your most important criteria in making this purchase decision? don't get flaky and say today and, and try to do some funky closes that just doesn't work people will see right past that what are your most important criteria in making a purchase decision all right now number two what's the one thing you remembered about your purchase the question number one the most common answer is price because for most people it's a conditioned response it's like a knee-jerk reaction they learned they learned it early in life It's similar to the Pavlovian dog concept, ringing a bell. It gets people's attention. It's called stimulus and response. If you ever get mugged, and I hope you never do, here's a little tip. Yell fire, because everybody wants to see a fire. But nobody will respond, or very few will respond, to a cry for help. You want to get attention, yell fire. People come from all over to see a fire. I I hope you never get mugged, but that's a powerful tool. Hope you can use it. I hope you don't ever need to use it, but if you do, you've got it. So understand the most common response is price. Just knee jerk, okay? They gotta get it out of the system. That's part of the amygdala, fight or flight. Back in that little lizard brain in the back of our head. Question number two the most common answer of what one thing you remember about your purchase. They'll either say, I could, or I could not get what I wanted, okay? there is a lot of money making power in that answer because it doesn't come fast or easy in most cases it takes a while to get to that answer because why the truth is four levels deep i'm not in a movie i forget the movie but the phrase that the, the the character the actor used was the truth you can't handle the truth Anyway, the truth is four levels deep. Let's just get clear on that. Number one there's what people want to hear. Your clients are a certain thing uh, they want to hear. Number two second level is what people want to believe. Number three is everything else out in the world. The truth at the fourth level the truth of what they really believe and you'll find the first thing they're gonna talk about is price, but you, you delve into it and you're gonna find you got a lot of good clients, they've got the money, they just wanna be sure that you know what you're doing and that you're gonna deliver, okay? So there's a strategy, of what's called the strategy of preeminence, it came from a, a, a marketing guru I've got a lot of respect for, by name of Jay Abraham, he put this together, I give you full credit for it, the guy's a genius, look it up sometime, he talks about the strategy of preeminence. That if you're in business, if you're a contractor or anything else, and okay, again, with love in my heart, I don't care about anybody else. I only care about contractors, okay? <laughs> Call me a bad, bad person. That's all I care about the contractors. If you're a contractor, here's what you do, is you sort for clients and let the, uh, the, the price the driven customers take a hike when you have a client you treat them with care and caution because now they are under the care and perfect I'm sorry under the care and protection of a professional and that's you don't violate that okay so now if your construction company has annual sales volume of less than a million dollars and you want to double triple and quadruple your cash flow net profit pay attention to the following tips Listen with empathy and understanding. Focus on what your client is saying. Understand. Hear the the message behind the words. Get to that fourth level. What they really believe. Because this is one of the most valuable gifts one person can give to another is to listen and let someone speak until they are finished. Poor communicators, poor contractors make deep noises from the chest sound like important messages from the brain if they have a captive audience and is 180 degrees opposite of truly listening. You know the answers, but go ahead and ask some good questions. When a construction customer or client makes a point about something that could be the most important thing for you to do, to wait until an appropriate break in the conversation and ask for clarification, even though you know the answer, ask for clarification. For example, a new deck in the back of the house or the front of the house needs to be really strong. Could be an important point. Listen and learn. And you're maybe thinking, oh, you don't know want uh, a couple of 4x4 four four posts and that'll do it. You know, they're up however high and that's the end of it. But if you listen carefully, you may find out that they entertain a lot of sumo wrestlers or professional football stars or any number of people that would require a very strong deck now the last thing you want to do is, is build a weak deck but you discover that they they host a lot of um, entertaining a lot of people that are are very large um, you want to make sure that you get that deck with all the timber that it needs maybe a 4x4 is not the key not the answer it could be an 8x8 or a 6x6 I don't know but you show you care by asking the preceding example can save you a lot of money by not underbuilding something, and in fact, could make you a lot of money to add on sales. Because if that's the situation with a strong deck and you figure out why, the answer is always yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, we can do that. We're gonna just beef up the timber and the, uh, the foundation and the concrete pads and et cetera, et cetera, and we're gonna put you together a deck that is just going to last a very long, long time. Be a keen observer. Detectives make a lot of money and the best ones have a keen eye for observation. I'm talking about private detectives. Much can be said about this, and I recommend you reading a book called The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley and William D. I believe it's Danko, D-A-N-K-O. But that book, The Millionaire Next Door, is a real eye-opener. Because all of a sudden, if you have, if you know the, here's the randomism, if you know the answers the questions won't bother you you read the millionaire next door and all of a sudden you're gonna start seeing clients and you're gonna just know they're extremely wealthy but there's a big difference between wealthy and rich rich people make a lot of money and spend a lot of money wealthy people make a lot of money invest it, and they spend wisely so here's an example in all of our construction companies, we've had several repeat and referring clients, and that's one of the things we were able to sell our businesses for at a, at a pre- premium price. Now, one particular client, I'll never forget this lady, she lived in the Magnolia neighborhood of Seattle. She was a sweet little old lady. I mean, just a real sweetheart. It was like your, your grandmother, I guess you'd say. Just a neat, neat person. And she always used to tell me, now, Randall, you gotta go easy on me because I'm on it. Listen carefully. I'm on a fixed income. Okay? You heard that word fixed income? And a lot of people hear that word fixed income and they misunderstand it. And they equate fixed income with low income. Not the same. We did a substantial amount of work in her home for years. And every time, just like clockwork, one of our construction service professionals would quote her a prize for a new project you know, maybe replace a faucet or put some new cabinets in or, you know, put some carpet down or painting or any kind of stuff, she would almost break down in tears. I mean, her her, her face would just fall and her voice would crack and she had the saddest look you've ever seen. I mean, it just tugged on your heartstrings and, and she'd talk about how she may have to do without something special. Uh, oh, gosh, I was hoping to go to the buffet for Sunday lunch, but i I, I got to get this work done. Is there any way you can drop the price a little? You know, help me out here. I'm I'm just on a fixed income. When I you for the funny thing? Whenever I'd see her at a social event or a venture capital meeting or something of that nature, I'd ask her. i said, how in the world, Mrs. X, are you able to survive on a fixed income of more than eight million dollars a year. Did you hear me correctly? Hope you did. Her investments were as such that she had eight million dollars a year in a fixed income. Her response as always well it's not easy but thank goodness the house and car are paid for it. I had no other debts. All right, Nothing wrong with that. I, I admire that. People have a lot of income and they, they live well below their means. But just to understand, she was conditioned because she was a, a person who grew up in the Depression in the 1920s. And so her conditioning is to save money because it could be a problem any time. Right. We did a lot of work for her and her friends and, and neighbors in the area and they were all raving fans. Why? Because listening, questioning, and observing, and as always, always, always giving a little more value than we took it in dollars. See, the key is always to give a fair price that ensures your company will earn a handsome profit and then hire professionals to do excellent work. Okay? So, yeah, I'm a big fan of charging a substantial fee. I'm a bigger fan, make sure I'm giving more value. So, if at all possible, give two dollars in value for one dollar in in the work you do. Um, there was a, there was a, a man who gave some seminars, and one of the seminars that he gave, he spoke about going the extra mile. And I th- I'm I'm thinking this is my interpretation. Don't take it for for truth. Just take it my interpretation. I believe part of what he's saying is that if you give two dollars of value and you receive one dollar in cash you kind of put the universe out of balance a little bit. Well, the universe is pretty big. It'll get back in balance. And I've seen this happen in my life many times, that all of a sudden something comes out of nowhere, and I get this nice little windfall, or I get a chunk of change, or I get some wonderful thing happening. I can kind of look back and say, you know, I think that may have been because, okay? And if I know of a lot of people that do the opposite. They try to get $2 of value take for one dollar of money or even less, okay? So it's called the difference between the makers and the takers. And the takers are always suffering, the makers are always living the good life. That's just, I've I've experienced it. Take care for what it's worth. Make your own decisions and whatever you decide is right for you, go for it. Now if you own a small construction company, you're brand new or you've been in business a while, we do have a consulting offer that you might be interested in. I suggest if you're interested in going to www.fasteasyaccounting forward slash consulting offer and take a peek what I've got there. Now let's talk about during construction. New construction is clean work and as the name is suggested, new, the construction is all new. Everything from the underground to the roof, it's all new. Bundles, pallets, cases of material from rough end to trim, it's clean, tidy and fresh. Now remodels are an entirely different story. It's taking the old and tearing it out and making a new start. The challenging construction is marrying the two together, the new and the old, and making it all work. So if you're in new construction, you're kind of a high volume, low margin. If you're in remodel, you're typically a low volume, but a very high margin. Um, and just to digress briefly, <laughs> I know exactly why, and we did this ourselves. If you wanna make some really good money and you're a small contractor, you don't have a lot of employees, consider becoming a professional handyman. I know a number of handyman that are making six figures a year. Um, Enough said. So, another difference is the people involved in new construction projects. It has more of a contractor to contractor feel. The actual owner of the project will have limited contacts with the individual contractors in the project. So, enough said there. Now, new construction, custom homes, and remodels is all about the homeowner and what does the homeowner want. Again, let's go back to give them what they want, for goodness sakes. Do they know what they want? Or is it an idea that the general contractor has to translate into construction the general contractor's on the job? If you can take a homeowner or a, new, a person having a new custom home build, and if you can convert what's in their mind into language. Wow, that's almost like having a, a money machine. Okay, now residential homes may have a homeowner living in the house while the project is going on, and if so, you may have to deal with children and pets. Price accordingly. Service repair contractors definitely have a higher chance of dealing with children and pets. So I'm talking about the HVC, the plumber, the electrician, the pest control, all those folks, um, even lawn maintenance and repair, uh, a lot of tree services. They're going to deal with children and pets. Very common because everyone thinks children and pets are adorable, except when they are running around getting in the tools, or in the case of pets, trying to escape outside every time the door is opened. It's hard to ask a client to put their pet in a room or a carrier and suggest children be in the other part of the house or playing at a friend's house. But I suggest strongly you do it. Otherwise, that can really eat into your your profit and bottom line. Now, I've had situations where clients absolutely refused to have their pets or their children um, under control. And I said, that's fine. We'll just go by the hour. And I've had one situation, i never forget this. The, the, the child of the home, a little boy, I mean, just a, a neat little guy. You couldn't help but like him. Okay, He had a really bad habit of getting our tools and running off with them. And I assigned one of my um, apprentices. I said, just follow me around get the tools you know, be be gentle, don't get the tool until he's ready to give it up. And so the homeowner paid a lot of money for us to babysit their kid. They're happy, I'm happy, life is good. Okay, clients understand the challenges and will always automatically look for solutions. Customers do not care for the most part, like I said, unless they're paying by the hour for services. And some people don't care paying by the hour. Like I just described, the more skilled you are in your trade, the easier it is to look to outsiders because it's easy for the customer to want to help or have you teach them what to do so how you nicely explain they're not helping one of the ways is to give them busy work something that benefits them years ago were in construction and which explains why we understand your world every job has a certain amount of cleanup and debris that needs to go away at the end of the job one of my favorite techniques was to suggest that since we had a truck at the job site and it's gonna to go to the dump anyway, use it's like a pickup truck or maybe a, a, a one-ton flatbed small truck. And I would ask, hey, do you have anything you wanna get rid of? Oh boy, customers love this. Now they had some busy work. Because most of the time they didn't own a truck and needed a second set of hands to load something bigger like a couch or refrigerator or whatever. But most importantly, they had busy work and they would spend their quality time looking around the house and the yard for sort of things to get rid of this would keep them busy and while they were busy our employees could be busy working because at the end of the day the progress needs to be done despite interruptions what about questions and kids and pets running around busy work other customers will ask if i can help will be will the project go faster and be cheaper in most cases, the answer is no. If the contractor wanted a trainee, they would hire one. Most contractors have additional help during the summer or winter vacation spring break. It's called the teenagers, young adults, of the contractor the owner, the family, or friends who will know spending money before going back to school. A more permanent solution for you, the contractor, is have a trainee or an apprentice who is starting out as a gopher, go for this, go for that, a laborer, or working way have to learn a skill or a trade. Now see, I know for a fact because most contractors like you are willing to teach and share your knowledge. It's a very patient contractor who can deal with both the homeowner who's trying to help and keep the project on track. There are exceptions to every rule. I can think of a new construction mixed-use project, and that's where it's got a uh, retail on the first floor, offices and and, uh, stores, and then it's got apartments and condos on the upper floors this mixed use project where the owner was active on the project it was really kind of funny he's very wealthy but he was the guy pulling nails doing pickup work picking up trash other labor type tasks as directed by the project manager if you came on the site you would not have known or guessed he was the owner um, maybe you would if you know how to read people I knew he was the owner the minute I saw him because you look people in the eye and you can see if the lights are on in someone's home or the lights aren't on and nobody's home. One look in his eyes, this guy, you could tell, he was an owner. Well, he was probably the one exception I can recall of somebody, an owner, that actually did some value. Like I said, he just pulled nails and picked up work, and trash, and labor-type tasks, as directed by the project manager. And by the way, the project manager actually put him on the payroll and paid him minimum wage so he'd be covered by worker's comp in case there was ever a problem. Uh, Never was, and life is good. Now very few contractors are skilled to be able to flip back and forth between new construction, remodel, service, and repair. Just because you can flip back and forth doesn't mean your employees have the same skill set. You know what? Part of the reason you're able to do it, you're the owner. So let's keep that in mind. You'd be a lot better off if you keep your new construction workers your remodel and service and repair workers all different okay how do you do it I mean I used to do it myself we had several businesses you know some new construction we had some remodel and a couple of plumbing and mechanical businesses and I could do everything why because I was motivated and you're motivated because you multitask all day long you take calls you do estimates you close sales, you get the work done, you invoice the customer, you get paid, you put money in the bank, you pay your bills. So, we have taken the same principles, learning construction, and translating into our accounting practice. We want you to do only the parts that you can do, and believe me, it's a lot. We want you just to take the call, do the estimate, close the sale, get the work done, invoice the customer, get paid, put your money in the bank, and pay your bills. Okay, and we get this question quite frequently. Oh golly, can can you pay all my bills? Can you pay my taxes? Okay? Please, 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 listen carefully. We do not touch your money. We do accounting and bookkeeping after the fact. You do not want anybody else touching your money, especially if you're a smaller contractor under a million dollars a year. Okay. We help people with different processes to know when to pay the bills and we we help them pay the bills. I mean you can We can work remotely and help you log in or show you how to log into the various bill paying systems at your bank and different places and and show you how it works. We don't want your PIN number, we don't know anything about your passwords, but we can show you how to do it very efficiently and very effectively. I also know a number of contractors over the years that they've had the bad bookkeeper and that's the person who wound up embezzling a lot of money. Happens all the time. Google it sometime. You'd be surprised how often you see that. So that's your part. Our part is setting up your contractor bookkeeping services system and doing a data entry. You See, we are what's known as a production shop with a contractor's bookkeeping system that works. And you wanna learn about that? Go to www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash cbs for contractors bookkeeping system. And you can learn about our system. We know what to do, we know how to do it, quickly and efficiently. We have processes and procedures and know what software works well with other softwares. So we keep it, kiss. Yes. We keep it simple, silly. We keep it super simple, you know, where it works for you. There's another phrase, I'm not gonna use it. i like you to keep it simple, silly, or keep it super simple. Why, because construction accounting is a lot harder than book, regular bookkeeping. And we have systems that work. They work every time. All it requires is you kind of follow a few directions. Life is good. I want to repeat what I just said a while ago. Never, ever let anyone outside the owners of your construction contracting company access your money, Okay? Google bad bookkeepers. Google uh, bookkeeper embezzlement. And you will be amazed at what you see. Because a lot of stores have a bad bookkeeper who has given too much authority and too much access to the contractor's money. And they've embezzled millions. And I know of very few cases where anybody has ever been held accountable. And a variety of reasons why. Okay, and I'm just going to give you my opinion. This is not a fact. This is my opinion. I'm probably a little bit jaded. I've been on a block a few times. We were embezzled years ago. It does happen. Um, we just had some petty cash with like less than a hundred bucks but that's all I needed to, to know to stop that really quick typically if you're embezzled and you're a contractor and this is a rule of thumb not a fact I have found if it's under five thousand dollars well my experience has been that the district attorney and the and the police kinda of look at you kinda of funny and say it wasn't that much money and I have heard this more than once and it's a victimless crime. And I, I stare him square in the face and I say, "Victimless crime? Hello, that's five thousand dollars of my money. And and if I'm working like on a on a twenty-five percent net profit, I've got to go sell twenty thousand dollars to make up that five grand. Well, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal." Now, turn that around and try to go, don't do this. Please, please, please do not ever do this. But if a person, I'll just say if a person were to go to your local grocery store, get a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, a dozen eggs, a couple of steaks, maybe, maybe 50 bucks worth of groceries, put it in a basket and walk out the door and not pay for it. I think there's a pretty good chance that person is going to get a free ride in a cop car okay so they take it pretty seriously when it's a a large company that pays a lot of taxes but if you're a contractor and you don't pay a lot of taxes you're not gonna get a lot of attention I'm sorry it's just how it is so just to help you um, I I want to read off really quick um, a, a list of the bad bookkeeper telltale signs and if you have a bookkeeper in your in your business or you've outsourced to a bookkeeping service and they have any of these telltale signs please please wake up smell the coffee it's time to make a change and have a rule of thumb if you think you should fire somebody you're already 15 minutes too late the bad bookkeeper telltale signs number one they train the contractor like an organ grinder trains a monkey get that word picture in your head They refuse to invest time, money, and continue education because they know everything. They are passive-aggressive and will study you, your staff, and learn how to manipulate everyone. They are masters at gaining power over you, your staff, new employees, and outside suppliers. They hate change and will fight tooth and nail to stop it. And if they can't, they will destroy your company. Number six. They know you're responsible for taxes, fines, penalties, and interest. So this is the area where most of them get even. Oh, gosh, we forgot to pay that tax. Oh, what a rotten shame. We forgot to pay that particular whatever it is, and you get fines, penalties, and interest. Number seven, they know how to increase your quarterly tax return costs. Okay. number eight. They understand that bookkeeping is 9% repetitive transactions and 10% complex transactions. They don't know what to do with complex transactions, so they put them where they feel like. They have side jobs, working for other companies or an entire bookkeeping business on the side. And that should be a huge red flag, especially if you start losing customers. You wonder why. Well, now you know. They decide, this is a bad bookkeeper, number 11, they decide how much integrity, if any, your company has and they tell everyone who will listen. Number 12, they create a miserable work environment causing turnover in your staff, which costs you money. Number 13, they make your customers and clients feel unwelcome, unappreciated, which costs you money. Number 14, they act as if they're serving time in jail and do the minimum work required to keep their job. Number 15, they say things that suggest businesses are bad and construction owners are the worst. Number 16, they are jealous of your success and even more so if they have ever failed in business. This is harsh. We do not hire somebody who has ever failed in business as an employee, especially as a bookkeeper. Okay, you're just asking for trouble. Now, the converse of that, this is really funny. We have a lot of contractors who have failed in business one or more times. And they're, they're wonderful because they know what went wrong. And when you start again, they, they do really well. They actually listen and we can work with them. Okay. And they do extremely well. Number 17, they don't learn anything new. Why should they? Nobody's reviewing the QuickBooks. Number 18, they never learn anything new unless the company pays for the training and pays for their time. It's on the clock. Number 20, number 19, I'm sorry, number 19, they quit when the tax return is being prepared because QuickBooks is a mess and now they're caught. Number 20, they come in a little bit late every morning and leave a little bit early to make up for it. Yeah, you heard me right. Number 21, they bait you with drama, nasty comments, and minor actions to find your tolerance limit twenty-two, they get even with you for every perceived injustice against themselves and society as a whole. I hope that makes sense. They keep you busy with lots of mindless crap to divert attention from why the books are such a mess. Number twenty-four, they let you think you're in control of the bookkeeping and the bookkeeper until it's too late. Number twenty-five, they make you think they are looking out for your best interest and best interests of the company. Laugh out loud, big time. Roll on the floor. They let the work expand to fill every time you're willing to pay them to get it done. When they quit or get fired, expect to hear something of this nature. I've heard this phrase on how many times? It must be in some kind of a, a posting somewhere online or or something. I don't know. But here's a phrase I heard: chaos, panic, and disorder. Huh? My work here is done, or worse. We've heard a few bookkeepers when they get fired, they look the owner right in the eye and say, You are so stupid, I can't believe it took you this long to fire me. Wow. They become indispensable in order to take time off whenever they please and hold you hostage. Number twenty nine, they negotiate for additional perks, benefits, changes, and the elimination of personal accountability. Number thirty, they network for a better job with your clients, suppliers, vendors, and your competitors. Number 31, this is very dangerous. I've seen this play out uh, much to the financial ruin of a few contractors. They represent themselves as the outsiders as the owner or manager with decision-making authority. Ooh. Number 32, they text, message, email, surf the web, chat the phone, and socialize on company time. Number 33, this is a big one they train you to leave them alone by getting upset or angry whenever you want anything we are conditioned as human beings to move away from pain and toward pleasure they give you some pain so you move away number 34 they work hard at causing just enough chaos so the owner does not earn more than the bookkeeper number 34 i going to repeat that again that is probably the root cause of everything they work hard at causing just enough chaos So the owner does not earn more than the bookkeeper. I can't tell you times I've heard bookkeepers when I interview them, we chat, and I can get them right down that fourth level pretty quick because I have some skills that'll do that. And many times I've heard, well, you know, I'm the one doing all the work here. I'm the one taking all the risk. I'm the one, and and the contractor's making all the money. So um, I do what I can to level it out. (laughs) And then they stop and think about what they just said. It's like, oops, (laughs) ooh, is there an undo button? No. Number 35, when your business fails, they'll tell everyone you were incompetent, and they saw it coming. Number 36, they live in a chaotic, neurotic, psychotic, selfish, disorganized, blame game environment. And the final, number 37, pay close attention and do the math on this one. They work through lunch to leave earlier in the day they're at the office for seven hours and they get paid for eight. Now I've got a question for you. That's, I, the list is a lot longer than that. It goes on for uh, over a hundred. I just want to stop right there. I've got a question for you. What happens when the person in control of QuickBooks is unhappy with you, the contractor? I'll give you the answer. The same thing that happens when the first the person who cooks your food is unhappy with you. And so let me just, I, I think for the, the folks who are in the military, you understand this concept. Make friends with the cook. Make sure the cook is happy. Otherwise it could be a problem. Um, I hope you understand enough said there. Um, just so happens that Sherry cooks most of my food at home. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a big fan of happy wife, happy life. She's never messed my food at all. She's just a real sweetheart. Um, And yes, for those who don't know this, Sharon and I are newlyweds. We will be celebrating 44 years um, this year. So we're just getting acquainted. Uh, She's a real sweetheart. I just love her to no end. Met in high school. High school sweethearts got married. Life is good. Long story. In the end, bad bookkeepers leave contractors with unfiled, unpaid taxes gasping upset with tear-stained cheeks, wide-eyed, stupid, mouth open, standing in the middle of the highway of business success, staring at the remains of their business, their contracting company, as it has been crashed, rolled over, upside down, in the ditch, on fire, with flames belching from all sides, and no hope in sight. That's what a bad bookkeeper will do for you. And when things get really ugly, you recall reading um an article I wrote several years ago called The General Contractor and the River of Construction Commerce. And you can find that at wwwfasteasyaccounting forward slash river if you're interested in reading that. And they realize that all this could have been avoided. Now I personally have seen bad bookkeepers ruin too many businesses, especially construction businesses and in most cases it was either bookkeeper incompetence or bookkeeper embezzlement. In other cases, it appears to be there's some deliberate identity theft, however I, I cannot be certain. All I have that I have witnessed business failures that have led to divorce, families destroyed, finances wiped out, and people living on the streets, and a few extreme cases on health contractors that have taken their own lives. And that kind of thing needs to stop. So, new subject, new item for bid. Because we have owned and owned construction companies, we understand exactly what you're doing and we know how to help you. So when you explain what you do, we know what you're saying. When you ask if you should collect a job deposit, our response is always yes, you should collect job deposits. Okay, I'm a, we're a big fan. I'm a big fan of opium. O P M, other people's money. If you're working on someone's house or business, then you need to get their money for operating capital. You're a contractor, not a banker. Bankers don't do construction, you shouldn't be loaning money. Okay, so when you say you have issues, believe me, we get it. In most cases, we can suggest a workable solution because what is a big issue to you is a small issue to us and we have seen it a thousand times. See, one of the many challenges contractors have is the balance of information. What to know, when to know it, and why do you need to know it? Give you a couple tips about construction accounting. It's too complicated. If it's too complicated, it won't ever get done, and and if you do, you're too exhausted to learn what the answers to the questions are to start a whole problem. A little information is as bad or worse as too much information. For example, tax accountants, and I love tax accountants. Tax accountants can only focus on what the IRS wants and needs to know. Your tax account rolls with the numbers to the annual taxes. If any job is profitable and is not one thing you need to know by anyone but you, you need job profitability and job costing. As a contractor, how useful is it to know you that, I mean, two by fours are used in an individual remodel? Hmm, will that information tell you anything that is helpful in the next remodel? Probably not. But in QuickBooks Desktop, the job popular reports are easy to generate and give you a ton of information. There's also something called the Essence versus Ash Reports in a QuickBooks Desktop version. It takes a lot more effort on a part of the contractor, and it's unreasonable to expect office staff or the spouse to look at the lumber slip and know what fra- phase of the project to code it to. Everything needs to be coded, every single paper needs to, and most contractors get too busy to do this, and the pile grows higher. In fact, I can see it from here. Messy paperwork is the biggest, most common challenge for any contractor, and we have solutions for that. The fact is the paperwork is so easy to get out of hand because of this. Our clients love, every time we find new solution, we can help them. We have all kinds of paperwork solutions um, that work very effectively, and primarily one of the biggest things is that we have ways to, to have the, the bank feeds come into QuickBooks the right way and also the different transactions can come into the paperless server the right way and it's not downloading from the bank because that'll really screw you up your quickbooks well i want to wrap this up and say that we help a little or a lot depending on your needs now for the do-it-yourself bookkeeping uh, bookkeeping contractor uh, we do have something called the fast easy accounting storecom and in that store you can actually purchase our various chart of accounts, uh, entire QuickBooks setups. I think there's around 300, 200, 300 different things there. Anything from builders to commercial contractors, uh, landscapers, lawn maintenance, uh, plumber, electrician, HCC, trade contractors. You can go there and purchase the same chart of accounts and the same QuickBooks setups that we use in our business. Again, www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. Dot com, And please feel free to call Sherry if you need help choosing the right product for your needs. You can call her at 206-361-3950. Well, I hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your as bookkeeping services to us is about more than just doing the bookkeeping. It's about taking a holistic approach to your entire construction company and helping support you as a contractor and as a person. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies and making payroll because we've had several of them. And we sincerely care about you and your construction company. And so, after now, I ask you to do the honor of commenting and rating the podcast and whatever you're listening to. Tell me you like, didn't like, tell us you just see it. Your feedback is crucial, I think, in advance. It is our firm belief here at Fast Easy Accounting. Contractors deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives. This is one more example of how fast, easy accounting is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, put money in the bank to operate and grow your construction company. Construction accounting is not rocket science. It's a lot harder than that and a lot more valuable to people like you. So please stop missing out. By the way, if you'd like to learn what makes construction accounting so much different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash C A. And please feel free to call Sherry at 206-361-3950 or send her an email, S-H-A-R-I-E at fasteasycounty.com and schedule your no-charge one-hour consultation. Private contractors and construction company owners have known but the value of outsourced bookkeeping services and contractor coaching services like ours for a long time, and now you know about it too. By the way, if you're thinking about outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services and you want to find out more, I invite you to download a guide to help you find the right contractor bookkeeping service to fit your Particular situation. You can find that at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash hs. Well, thank you very much. Hope you understand we really do care about you and all contractors, regardless. I mean, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services, we still care about you. We love contractors. Bye for now until the next episode here on the Contractor Success Map Podcast, where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations.